welcome to Love Letters from God. I'm your host, Jennifer Mitchell. If you are new here, welcome. I am so glad you're here. I want to explore with you the love letters from God. They are the verses in the Bible that allow us to see God's will for our life. Each month, I will choose a series and find Bible verses that will help explain the message for the week. God showed me a simple way to explore each verse, allowing us to dive deeper into the message. It is the B-I-B-L-E method. It will help you understand His Word, His will, and your purpose for this life. So, let's grab our Bibles and dive in. Today, we are in court. We are the defendant in this case. God wants us to plead guilty for not showing mercy to others. All rise. The Honorable Judge, Father of Creation, is now presiding. This court is now in session. You look around the court. It's just you and God. How are you going to defend your actions to him? Ready or not, the time has come. Rewind a few years ago, you received a call no parent ever wants. Your daughter was taken to the hospital. She is in critical condition, and you need to get there quickly. You drop what you are doing, and you head that way. You're not in the right frame of mind to drive. You're just a frantic parent trying to get to your child. Not knowing where to go, you enter the ER entrance, thinking someone should direct you to her. You ask the receptionist, I'm looking for Courtney Harris. She politely asks you to sit down, and she would find out. It felt like forever, but after 30 minutes, the doctor comes out and takes you into another room. I have some sad news, the doctor said. He explained the complications, but unfortunately, your baby had passed. She overdosed on drugs. They tried everything, but it was too late. You're just in a fog. No way your daughter would have done that. She was one of those who always teased you about coloring your hair. You remember her telling you, God made you perfect. Don't have to change. How? Why? So many questions, but the fact remains. She was not here. Your family had her service, and it was beautiful. The only peace that you have is knowing that she is back with the Lord. As the days went on, 
it got easier. And one day, your daughter's friend, Stacy, asked to have lunch with you. And of course, you were just happy to go. You loved her as if she was your own child. Courtney and Stacy grew up together. And you reminisced about the good times you had with Courtney. Then you felt the mood change. It got serious. Stacy opened up about the night Courtney had died. She shared that they went to a friend's house and Courtney decided to join in, taking some hits to avoid the pressure of not being accepted. Stacy wasn't sure what Courtney took, but she knew the drug had an adverse reaction. She was silly one moment, and then she started to have seizures. Stacy was the one who called 911. You froze in disbelief. No words could come out. You knew Stacy since she was little. How? How could she allow her best friend to give in? Why were they even there? After that lunch, you became bitter. You treated people like they had a motive. They were only being nice to pressure you into doing something. Slowly, the world crumbled around you, first with your friends, and then your family, and then your spouse gave up, and you were alone. Your faith was all you had. The only one you trusted was God. God knew you were fragile. He saw you were torn up inside. And yet he gave you the mercy you were to give. This month, we have been focusing on our home. In week one, we were taught to be humble. In week two, we were reminded to open our lives to others. And today, God says to show mercy to those that have hurt us. Our verse for the week is found in Micah chapter 6, verse 8. I will read from the NIV. He has shown you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. Our verse is reminding us what God expects from us. We need to act justly. We need to love with mercy. And we need to walk humbly in our lives. To get the whole context of this verse, let's read verses 1 through 8. And today I would like to read out of the New American Standard Bible. Um, the reason why I chose this was for two reasons, actually. The first one is so you can see the different types of translations. See, usually I do the NIV, 
And that's written more in the style of thought by thought. And this New American Standard Bible translation is more accurate for the word by word. I will post the Bible chart from the Solid Ground Faith Foundation in the podcast notes. The second reason I chose to go this route is because this version will help us see the bigger picture from the prophet Micah, reading verses 1 through 8. Hear now what the Lord is saying. Arise, plead your case before the mountains, and let the hills hear your voice. Listen, you mountains, to the indictment by the Lord and you enduring foundations of the earth, because the Lord has a case against his people, and he will dispute with Israel. My people, what have I done to you? And how have I wearied you? Answer me. Indeed, I brought you up from the land of Egypt. I redeemed you from the house of slavery, and I sent before you Moses, Aaron, and Miriam. My people, remember now what Balak, the king of Moab, planned, and what Balaam, son of Beor, answered him, and what happened from Shittim to Gilgal so that you might know the righteous acts of the Lord. What shall I come to the Lord and bow myself before the God on high? Shall I come to him with burnt offerings, with yearling calves? Does the Lord take pleasure in thousands of rams, in ten thousand rivers of oil? Shall I give him my firstborn, for my wrongdoings, the fruit of my body, for the sin of my soul. He has told you, mortal one, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? But to do justice, to show mercy, and to walk humbly with your Lord. In this courtroom, God is the judge. He is stating the facts of the case against the Israelites. He is reminding them of the things he has done for them. He took them out of Egypt, out of slavery, and he gave Moses, Aaron, and Miriam to them to help them while they were in the desert for 40 years. And with King Balak, King Balak wanted to curse Israel through Balaam the magician, but instead God used Balaam to bless them. Acadia Grove, that was the last place they camped before they crossed the Jordan into the promised land. Guys, they went from being runaway slaves to having their freedom back. There, God promised them the land He said he would be with them in battle if they remained faithful to God. God promised to remain faithful to them, but instead of seeing God's power and being devoted to God, they whined and complained. 
They only repented when they felt God's anger and wanted to avoid his wrath. Their actions spoke louder than their words, and they weren't fooling God. Let's break down our verse. He has told you, mortal one, what is good and what does the Lord require of you, but to do justice, to show mercy, and to walk humbly with God. Micah is reminding them that the first part says he has told you. God has told them that he would be faithful to them if we were faithful to him. He has told us the rules in this relationship. Everyone has free will. And they get to make up their own choice in life. So they can choose whether to follow God or live life in the world. What is good? God defines good differently than the world. God gave them the law with Moses so that they knew exactly what God expected from them. And he requires us to do it. It's not a suggestion, guys. Just like it's not a suggestion to stop at a red light, the law requires it. And God tells us how you are to live. That's a requirement. He says to act justly. Make fair decisions in your personal and business life. Don't judge a book by its cover. Read what's inside. Too often we blow off people by their looks. I remember when my husband and I were trekking, we went to New York City at night. And this man approached our truck and we were told the worst about New York City. And so when we saw him, we we thought the worst. But he turned out to be the nicest guy you'll ever meet. He said he wanted to look this way, to look buff and mean, to intimidate people. That was his protection. God also tells us to love mercy. God shows us his unconditional love daily. He says, love as I love. And there is no better place than 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 4 through 8, to find love and its definition. It says, love is patient, love is kind, it is not jealous, love does not brag, it is not arrogant, it does not act disgracefully, it does not seek its own benefit, it does not provoke, does not keep account of wrong suffering, it does not rejoice in the unrighteousness but rejoices with the truth. It keeps every confidence 
It believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. Love never fails. And the last thing God tells us to do is walk humbly. And for me, this is the hardest one. We are to do things in love and not for our agenda. If you are recognized for doing good, say thank you. It's okay to receive praise from others. It shows that you're on the right track with God. It's when we focus or turn the focus on me, asking how will this benefit me, that we lose our focus and we fall into the trap of pride. As we wrap up, let's remember God is our ultimate judge. We need to show love to everyone. This doesn't mean they have to be your best friend, but have compassion, show mercy, even when they have hurt you. Thank you so much for checking this out. I hope this gave you a deeper understanding of God's love. We have a Facebook page called Love Letters from God. Please feel free to share your thoughts on the verses that we explore. Share this with your family and friends and allow this program to reach others who might need it. Remember, we are to share God's word with each other so they too can have a relationship with Christ. Have a blessed week and we'll see you next Tuesday.